Thanks, Charlene. Well, good morning and welcome here. My name is Luke, and I get to serve as the pastor here. It's good to have you here this morning. We do have a few announcements before we uh, before we get into things. One of those announcements will involve you texting on your cell phone, so if you want to go ahead and pull that out. I um, uh, wanted to let you know leadership board nominations are due, I believe it's today. So um, get, those, get those names into John Quirin, uh today. also want to let you know that the National Conference is this upcoming week in Denver. Um, I don't know if there's still time to, to go as a delegate, but as a church we get to send uh, a couple delegates to that. Um, also, there's a, a very good announcement in, in your bulletin about MCC school bags, and I would just, there's good details in there, so I would encourage you to, to read through those. One of the ways that we communicate with you is through a program called Call em All, which lets us record a audio message, and then uh, it sends it out to, uh, to your respective phone numbers. And so, if you've not been getting those, please let us know, and we'll include your number, and we mainly use it for uh, kind of big life events, uh, church cancellations, um, uh, that kind of thing. But, um, but, but one of the other options we have is that we can also send you text messages as a part of that as well, too. And um, so if you are interested in getting the, the text messages, then go ahead and pull out your phone. This is probably the only time that your pastor is going to tell you to text in the middle of church. Um, but on your phone, uh, you send a text message to this number. Uh, Two nine two nine two nine, and in the body of the text, you simply write Henderson MB. No church, just Henderson MB. I'll give you a couple moments. The rest of us will just sit in awkward silence. Okay. Then when you hit send, give it give it a minute or two, and then on the next screen. You'll get a reply in one or two text messages like that, knowing that, that you got it. And, uh, and then in the future, um, as we send out uh, cancellations or, or kind of important life changes, uh, we'll also be sending out text messages. So there you have it. I expect to hear buzzing all throughout the, the audience here. Let's do a word of prayer, and then we're going to sing. Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, a beautiful day. Thank you for your grace. Lord, we ask that your spirit would be here to move and to work and to speak and inform and guide and comfort and, and correct and, and uh, lead. Lord, we surrender ourselves to you. We surrender our hearts to you. We say, here am I. Send me. Use us as you will, Lord. It is our privilege and, and our delight to, uh, to work to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Love you, Lord. Amen. Please stand and join us in singing. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Oh. 
my soul and all that is within me, bless its holy name. Page 64, if you would like to turn to it. Praise you, Lord, with all my heart. Oh, God, I will tell the wonders of your ways and glorify your name. Praise, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. In you I will pause storms of all my joy. Alleluia. Love, I will love you, Lord, with all my heart. Oh, God, I will tell the wonders of your ways and glorify your Storms of all my joy, Alleluia. Serve, I will serve you, Lord, with all my heart. Oh God, I will tell the wonders of your ways and glorify your name. I will serve you, Lord, with all my heart. In you I will find the source of all my heart. Alleluia. You may be seated. Thine own image deep on my heart. 
compassion, loving, forgiving, tender and kind, helping the helpless, cheering the fainted, seeking the wandering sinner to find. Oh, to be like thee, oh, to be like thee, blessed sweetness, come in thy fullness, stamp thine own image deep on my heart. Oh, to be like thee while I am pleading, pour out thy spirit, fill with thy love, make me a As we get ready to have a time of prayer, uh, just a couple of updates. Uh, I was able to, to connect with Laverne Aquarian, visit her yesterday. She's doing remarkably well. Um, if you didn't know it, you, you never would have known the woman had just basically had a form of brain surgery. Uh, you, Yeah, and so uh, she is just doing really well. Uh, and uh, if still recovering energy and strength, though, so if you want to visit, do call ahead. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's neat to see how well she was doing. I was also able to connect with Elma Crosley, and um, that's not looking so optimistic. She was, on, on Saturday, was pretty well bedridden, and um, so some families to pray for there. And also Becky Stamp is going in for surgery on Monday. Uh, Jessica Ewan um, starting the battle with cancer, and um, so some, some prayer requests there. Um, some neat news, though, uh, just from... Uh, the missionaries that, that we support. Uh, you know, Jennifer Goosen uh, is w serving with crew. Um, students uh, are at home and at camp, but they're getting ready to come back, which is pretty neat. Carla and Becca are with Kenton and Kedron Miller right now, uh, having a fantastic time. They just did a, a neat youth outreach thing, and um, so very excited to, to hear their stories and, uh, and see their pictures in the next couple weeks. Um, we're going to hear from Nicole Quirin later on about uh, what's all going on there. Uh, we want to continue to pray for them. Um, and for the Rogus, Paul and Sarah Rogus in, in Paris uh, had a, a baptism end of June, which is fantastic. So uh, lot, lots to be praying for. I, I share those with you so you can be praying um, those throughout the week as well, too. But let's spend uh, a couple moments in prayer this morning, if you would, please. Heavenly Father, this morning, we want to approach you with gratitude and thanks and praise. 
God, you are so good. You are so gracious to us. Lord, we, we come before you with thanksgiving. But Lord, we also acknowledge that there are things that are heavy on our heart. Um, perhaps there's someone close to us uh, who, is, who is suffering through a, a medical situation. Perhaps it's just a, a storyline from our own life that's difficult and heavy and burdensome to us. Lord, those things that are heavy on our heart, God, we just, we bring those before you, and God, we just, we lay those at your feet. We give those to you, Jesus. And God, we ask for your intervention in whatever that may be. Perhaps it's our own sin, perhaps it's our suffering, perhaps it's the sin and the, the suffering of someone close to us. God, we invite you into that space. this morning as we continue to worship and to learn we just say we surrender our hearts to you Jesus be with us as you will during the prayer time, I uh, forgot to mention Brent Regeer, so I would in invite you to also be praying for him. He's serving uh, in crew, uh, with crew in Alaska, and uh, so to be thinking of him as well, too. I uh, want to just give you, just uh, let you know what Joanne and I have been up to this, this last week. Uh, Joanne and I were privileged uh, to, to go to a, a pastor's retreat uh, in Colorado Springs, and if you want to pull up the, that first picture, um, uh, I'm part of a pastor's network that uh, is, is a neat gift. There's pastors from all across the, the U.S., and it's a lot of just spiritual formation, heart formation kind of stuff. And so uh, once a year we do a retreat with spouses as well, too, and this year is in Colorado Springs. 
This was the whole crew that, that was there. Uh, some of you might recognize uh, Ricky and Karen Sanchez. They were our speakers at the last uh, Harvest Missions Festival. And they actually live in Thailand, but they were in Hillsboro over the summer. And um, But so he's been part of our group as well, too. So, so we've been there. And uh, we had three couples missing, but, but that's the crew. If you want to go to the next picture, um, this is what our mornings and our evenings look like. We gather together, and uh, John Shabagalin from, from California led us in worship. And uh, Keith and Krista Matthews led our time together. Keith is a, a professor and uh, a good bud of Dallas Willard. Apparently, they've traveled all over and spoke together, and so we do a lot of Dallas Willard material and, and that kind of thing. Uh, next picture. Um, this And we prayed for each other, which is always uh, just a refreshing thing. Uh, you can keep going. Um, we got to do one kind of touristy thing partway through. We, we visited the Olympic Training Center, and that was really neat. A lot of people way more fit than I am. Uh, next picture. Um, where we were at is, uh, you can do the next one as well, too. The Navigators, a Christian organization, uh, have their headquarters in Colorado Springs on a piece of property that is right next to Garden of the Gods. And on this property is a castle that was built by some guy, like in the 1900s, early 1900s, and somehow that property uh, got transferred over to the Navigators. And so they built it up. And um, so that's where we had our meals. Um, never did get a chance to kind of tour the place, but it, but it looked awesome. And then, of course, there's kind of modern buildings and facilities uh, all around it. Uh, next picture. Levi went with us, and he was just like social champ. Like, he just hung out with everyone and crawled to everyone. And um, he got pretty tight with the speaker, Keith. And so you can see in the upper left, Keith was speaking, and Levi just like bolted for Keith and... He just rolled with it. Like, he just picked up Levi and kept on, on talking. And um, so, yeah, he was he was just like social butterfly the entire time. Uh, next picture, and then I think is our last one, just, yeah, a picture of us there. So, anyways, um, we got to spend this last week in Colorado Springs at the Glen Erie uh, kind of training center or resort. And, yeah, it was a really good time. This morning, we're, we're going to keep it kind of simple. Uh, there's there's kind of two two ideas or two concepts that, that I want to share with you this morning. And, and this really stems from what I've been learning and experiencing this past week and, and wanting to, to pass that, that on to you. First of all, I, I, I want to challenge you a little bit. I'm going to give you a little bit of homework and throughout the week to be a little bit reflective, to evaluate your, your life a little bit. And, uh, and this is not a guilt-based thing, but this is just... Uh, something to, to help you kind of honestly evaluate where you're at. So that's what we're going to do first, is a little bit of a challenge. Secondly, just to share a word of encouragement with you. Um, I, You know, it seems like I often see things in Scripture that I've never seen before. And, and um, so have noticed some, some neat stuff in Scripture that I want to share with you as, as well, too, that hopefully you as well will get some encouragement out of. Um, but, but first, a, a bit of a challenge. And and really, this is reflective of what I've been experiencing this this last week. Um, but while we were at the retreat, Keith shared something in, in the teaching, and he shared this this concept. And it's uh, it's kind of it's actually been pretty uncomfortable for me. And uh, but like in a good way, but yet in an uncomfortable way. So I share it with you, so you can share in my uncomfortableness. Um, here here's the thing that that Keith said. Here's the idea, and that is that in our lives. We perfectly live out our true beliefs. We 
perfectly live out our true beliefs. You see, there is a difference between our professed belief and our real belief or our living belief. Um, and, and, and the truth of the matter is, is that, we, that, that, that in life, um, we, we live in accordance with our, our, our true beliefs. And actually, I came back and did, like, there's actually other writings, like people have, have talked about this and, and kind of the disparity of two. Actually, Scripture talks about it. We're going to come, come to that in, in just a minute. But if you want to know what someone believes, you don't listen to what they say, but you look at how they live. Because that will show you, actually, um, exactly what they believe. And for pretty much all of us, also, you will find that our professed belief kind of exceeds or outruns our true beliefs. True beliefs are those which are, 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 are deep in the heart, deep in kind of that place from which all decisions are made. Uh, these decisions are made quickly, uh, with little to no thought. There's no debate. Um, they're very established. They're at the core of who we are. And, and, I mean, not just spiritually, but physically as well, too. Very simple examples, right? I go, I flip on a light switch. I never doubt that the lights are going to turn on, right? Because it is my true belief that when I flip on the light switch, the lights are going to come on. Also, on kind of that same vein, I never touch a live electrical wire. I never have, but it is my true belief that that will be very painful and uncomfortable. So I don't do it. Um, I jump on a trampoline because it's fun for me. I don't jump off rooftops because it is my true belief that that's going to be unfortunate, right? Never done it, but I'm just really, really certain that's going to go bad, okay? True beliefs. We never doubt, we never question our, our true beliefs. Professed beliefs are kind of in that gray zone where our mind wants to believe them. It, it thinks that it's a good idea to believe them, but they haven't quite reached that, that deep level of the, of the heart, kind of that deep level of kind of that, that decision-making matrix that determine day-to-day -day actions. And, and also, because it's professed beliefs are very susceptible to challenges or, or, or being questioned. No, another example. These just make easy examples, so I'm just using these. Um, a true belief, for many of us, is salvation. Which actually, when you look at it, is kind of ludicrous, what we're claiming. But for many of us, that is a true belief. I mean, Romans uh, 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For many of us, that is a true belief. A professed belief, for many of us, would be more like in the lines of James 5, 14. Is any one of you sick? Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. I firmly believe in my salvation, but the last time I had a headache, I took a Tylenol. My cholesterol is too high, sadly, so I now have to take cholesterol meds. So I went to the doctor, and never once did I ask someone to pray for me. So what are my true beliefs? What about my life and how I live speak to you? in what it is that I truly believe and what might be kind of that gray zone professed belief. Jesus and, and Scripture recognize this struggle and, uh, and articulate a similar struggle. In Mark 9, there's a story of a father who, who brings his son to Jesus 
uh, who's been struggling with an illness, and um, uh, the father brings in, Jesus asks the father, how long, I'm in verse 21, Jesus asks his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood, and he has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, and that's kind of like in quotes, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. Let me just again remind you, the purpose on this is not to guilt you in any kind of way. The purpose is simply to help you honestly just assess throughout this week. Just kind of think through your life and assess what are my true beliefs. How do I live? If someone were to take my life, never hear like what I say, but they, but they simply sort of evaluate the actions of my life and my lifestyle, and they were to, to, to analyze it, what would there be their conclusions around my true beliefs. Some more examples, just kind of different areas of life too, to, to kind of understand this difference between true beliefs and, and, and real beliefs. I'll be careful with this one. Um, I believe that speeding is wrong. Oh? Three miles over? Five? No show of hands, Mylon's in the back, he'll be issuing tickets later. He might be looking out for you. Nine over? How do you how, how do you drive? Because that tells me whether or not you actually believe that speeding is wrong. I believe that it's good and beneficial to attend church. Now, of course, you're all here and you're hearing this, so you kind of get a pass on that one. I believe tithing is good or beneficial. I believe drinking too much hop is bad for you. Do you? I don't know. Don't tell me what you believe. Show me how much hop you drink. I believe prayer changes things. Don't tell me what you believe. I believe reading scripture has the power to change you. I believe that that life with Christ can be fun and full of adventure. I believe God is with me during difficult times. I believe that God loves me and is 100% pleased with me because, not because of my own actions, but because when he looks at me, he sees the blood of his perfect son, Jesus Christ. And so because he loves his son perfectly, he loves me perfectly. I believe that God has kind words for me. I've been working on this all week long. I find the whole thing very uncomfortable. And once again, this is not to guilt you, but just simply to help you just kind of go home and evaluate and say, all right, what are my true beliefs? In fact, when I was working on this, you know, I said, all right, you know, so we'll kind of wrestle with this. And then, you know, what are three points to help you, you know, grow in our faith or grow in our belief? I thought, no, no this is bigger than, than just kind of three points in a sermon. We're just, ra rather than kind of give a solution to this, we're just going to wrestle with this for a week. I am intentionally kind of leaving the tension unresolved because I want you to go home and just just wrestle with this for a bit. Some more.
more examples. You know, in church, we often ask people to believe certain things, uh, a confession of faith. Uh, one of the popular ones is the Apostles' Creed um, that, that people often reference. I believe in, in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. So if we believe in the virgin birth, what does that tell us about the nature and the character of God? I mean, if we really believe that a young girl who had never been been with a man, probably around 15 years of age, the Holy Spirit does a work, she conceives, she starts to grow a baby. I mean, if we really believe that, which is pretty central to our doctrine, what does that tell us about the nature and the character and the ability of God? tells us that, that he can do uh, a miraculous work in our physical bodies. It tells us that he is more than willing to invade our personal life with his agenda. It says that he is really less concerned about us being embarrassed socially than we are. I imagine that was very embarrassing for me. So if we profess to believe in a God that is more interested in obedience than social acceptance, a God who can change our bodies, a God who will invade our life at odd times, do we live in accordance with those beliefs? We have been taught to believe the virgin birth, but do we live like we believe the virgin birth? If you are like me, uh, you will probably find that your true beliefs are actually falling quite short of your professed beliefs. That's the awkward part. I mean, if a thorough investigation of my actions were done, if a thorough investigation of your actions were done, what would the conclusion be? And then where are those weaknesses? Where are those areas of shortfall? Where is it where, where you need to say, you know, I, I need some work in this area? Does my behavior show that I actually believe that God is gracious. That church is valuable. That Jesus wants to speak kind words to me. That my identity is in Christ. That prayer can change things around me. That I have given God control of my finances. That I am a grateful person who is thankful to God for his salvation. That I enjoy worship. A word of encouragement regarding the nature and the character of Jesus. Early in the retreat, I also kind of came to this realization that I, I am more anxious than I would like to admit, and uh, I tend to get more internally anxious and wound up about different things and, and just kind of bottle it up and wrestle with it internally. And, uh, and you know, just so that internal voice is not always the best. Um, and then we came to Luke 4, another story where I, I had never noticed this before. Jesus has just gone out into the desert, and uh, he did his 40-day fast. He was tempted by Satan and, and really came away victorious. Um, and then in verse six, 16, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. Okay, so this is his hometown, as was his custom. So he does this a lot. 
uh, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. He enrolled the scroll, and he found in the place where it was written, and, and then we have a quote. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So he reads that section. Then verse 20, then he rolled up the scroll, he gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he, and he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Now I always stop right there. Don't look ahead. In my mind, the story always stopped there. I was like, yeah, wow. You know, neat story, some application, blah, blah, blah. The story doesn't end there. Don't look, don't look ahead. I see somebody looking down. Eyes up here, people. Verse 22, and all spoke well of him and marveled at, okay, uh, don't look. What do you suppose it was that they marveled at? This man had just spent 40 days in the desert. Scripture says that he left full of the Holy Spirit, came back in the power of the Holy Spirit. I find that significant. He had just kind of had a little run in or a dust up with Satan, walked away from that victorious. He had just gone to, to the synagogue where he had made some pretty bold proclamations about who he was and ministry and what was going down and fulfillment of the prophets. So, I mean, we've just had some several very significant things that have played, down, played out. And the things that people marvel at, the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. They marveled at the gracious words coming from his mouth. This man who had gone out full of the Holy Spirit, come back in the power of the Holy Spirit, starting off, you know, the most remarkable ministry that mankind has ever known, and people marvel because of the gracious words coming out of his mouth. For me this week, there has been a strong sense that Jesus' words to me are a lot more gracious than my own words. The way that Jesus spoke to people was so gracious that, that, that people marveled at it. These were not flattering words. These were not shallow words, but gracious words, words full of truth and words full of life. Some of you have voices in your heads that are way too harsh. Some of you have voices in your heads that are way too critical. And some of you have voices in your heads that tolerate way too much sin in your life. But the words of Jesus are gracious. They are truthful, but they are full of truth and grace. So this week, as you reflect on true beliefs versus professed beliefs, as you kind of give yourself an honest assessment of what you believe about God and Jesus and Scripture and life and laws and church, I also encourage you to remind you that Jesus' words are gracious. Not tolerating of sin, but they are full of truth and grace. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. And God, it's amazing because every day we, we can find such significance in, in almost seemingly, in, in, in small little comments that get made.
God's scripture is wonderful and true. We thank you for it. Lord, help us this week to understand with clarity our true beliefs. And Lord, it's not so that we can stay there and it's not so that we can beat ourselves up. But if we are truly going to invest in growing and maturing, Lord, we need crystal clear clarity on where we are at now. So that we can grow from this place. Lord, I recognize that this week may be uncomfortable for some of us. God, that's okay. We welcome that. Lord, show us this week what are our true beliefs and what are our professed beliefs. But Lord, we also ask for the reminder throughout the week that your words are gracious, that you are marked by gracious words. They don't tolerate sin, but they are full of truth and life. So for all those here, all those listening, I pray that they would encounter and experience your gracious words this week. Pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand together as we close this I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided. Decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? No turning back.